listening to the Higher Ed Podcast. We uncover the future of higher education, current trends, insights from the sector's brightest, and actionable advice for leaders and executives. Creating impactful universities, well-branded colleges, and best-in-class student experiences. Join us as we redefine the sector one episode at a time. Welcome back to another episode of the Higher Ed Podcast. I'm your host, Kamar D. Jarnett. I'm flying solo this evening. Um, and I got a special guest, an amazing guest, a fellow alum. So I'm really excited. Uh, from Penn State, uh, the amazing Ann Grabowski. Welcome <laughs> to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. Oh, uh, it is a pleasure. And um, I'm definitely kind of riding high here on cloud nine after beating Auburn. <laughs> and, um, you know, I didn't want to overlook Villanova, but I mean, I kind of did, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I just thought it was cool that the uh, Villanova students were pl- practicing with the leaf blowers to simulate our student section. Yes. I thought that was really neat. <laughs> oh, it's bragging rights right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's funny because they say the game day guys are doing everything they can to come to Happy Valley. Like they want to come there every week. You know, mm-hmm. like everybody really enjoys the atmosphere. So it's great. So I want to get into this because I think we got a great topic. Um, and, and I'm really going to follow your lead here because um, I've always kind of made my career as an admissions and marketing guy. But, you know, you can't really go through school if you don't have the money to pay for it. Right. Right. Or the, the money or the plan. For sure. Right. For sure. Absolutely. So it's kind of speaking about verification, you know, kind of. Help me understand why um, you've kind of coined the phrase or I kind of think I first heard you use it, the monster in the dark. Right. Yeah. So verification is a term that schools use uh, to mean kind of the double checking of information that you report on the FAFSA. And if you're not familiar, the FAFSA is the free application for federal student aid. Uh, We have a lot of students who go through verification, and it doesn't mean that you necessarily did anything wrong. It just means uh, that we want to make sure that everybody gets as much money as they are supposed to be getting. So it can be kind of a necessary evil. And I say evil because uh, even though it's for a good cause, it can be a royal pain, you know? Uh, it's almost like an audit, although in, uh, instead of it being your tax information, it's your financial aid information. Uh, so schools might ask for tax data, that kind of stuff that's reported on the FAFSA. Uh, they may also ask for household information, and this can be any Anywhere from who is going to college right now in your household to questions like you reported five people in your household, uh, but you said you were uh, taking care of three of them. Uh, explain this situation for us because those three individuals are above the age of 18. So just uh, double checking information on the FAFSA. Uh, the hitch with verification is that if you're selected, your aid is not going to disperse. So it's not gonna go towards your bill until you complete verification. Uh, So it's a simple process, but it obviously can have some serious ramifications, right? You know, you don't wanna lose your aid. So that's why we say it's the monster in the dark. It's the, uh, the thing that can catch you if you're not careful. So you have to plan ahead and be ready for it. Absolutely. Now, 
is is everyone selected or is that you know kind of hit or miss or is there any certain criteria that makes a person uh, get selected for verification that's a great question uh not everyone will experience verification so there are some folks who will go through their entire educational career and never be asked to submit a bit of information uh and again it doesn't mean that you did something wrong if you're selected for verification it just means that Uh, the schools have to do a little bit of quality control. So as federal aid stewards, we have to prove to the federal government that we are reading everybody's FAFSA correctly and that we are awarding aid appropriately. So not over-awarding, but also definitely not under-awarding. You know, we want to be sure that everybody gets the aid that they're eligible for. Um, And it's, uh, I'm not 100% sure of this number, but it's approximately a third of students uh, who will experience verification at some point. And some students might go through full verification, meaning we are asking for, you know, everything that's on your FAFSA. (laughs) Um, And some folks might just get uh, the error verification. An example of that would be, uh, so my last name is Grabowski. It's a nine-letter last name. Uh, Sometimes it's spelled incorrectly. (laughs) And so let's say I'm filling out my FAFSA, and instead of G-R-Y, I put G-R-A. Well, the school will say, all right, your FAFSA doesn't match other data we have. Can you prove what your name is? And then once I prove that, my verification is done. So there really is uh, a bunch of different things somebody can get selected for. You can also get selected every year for the same thing. Oh. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'm trying to think of a, a good example of that would be uh, somebody who is filling out the FAFSA and who recently got their citizenship. The federal government makes us double check citizenship data in some cases. Uh, just to be sure that you meet the criteria to fill out the FAFSA. So even though you submitted it last year, you might need to submit it again this year. Um, And that doesn't mean that we're picking on you at the school, right? That just means that we have to prove to the federal government that we can continue to give out their money. Uh, And and one thing I want to touch on very briefly, this year because of COVID and everything that's going on with the pandemic, there is a verification freeze. So the government decided, hey, you know, this has been enough of a, Uh, a pain of a year already, (laughs) right? Let's not add extra stuff for folks to worry about. Uh, So there are still some verification selections, but most folks have uh, their verification forgiven for this year, for the 2021-2022 school year. Uh, But that may change in the future. That will likely go back to normal verification in the future. But as of this moment, uh, there's a little bit of a reprieve. Nice, nice. So if... I guess if I'm a student or, you know, maybe the parent of a student that's getting ready for college, you know, how much, if at all, the speed, you know, come into play with the verification process? Are there certain deadlines I should meet just in case I am selected for verification so that I can kind of start on time, if that makes sense? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, The time frame that we would typically give a student to respond to verification is 30 days, and we try to select them as soon as possible. So the FAFSA opens every year on October 1st. So that's, I think, this Friday uh, coming up here. So October 1st, students can go ahead and fill out their FAFSA. If you fill out your FAFSA early, we may select you early. And then, you know, months before your aid package is even ready, you've submitted what you need to and everything is is done. Uh, So we will select you quickly, but it benefits you to to submit your FAFSA as soon as you can. Um, And 
if it takes longer than 30 days, we always recommend that everybody reaches out to their school. Uh, so for us, it would be reaching out to the financial aid office at Penn State to say, hey, for example, I know you've requested my tax data. I can't get that from the IRS right now. Uh, you know, this last year with COVID, nobody could get anything from the IRS right. for a while, right? Um, sure. So if that happens, you can always reach out to the school and ask them to extend your deadline. Uh, just keep in mind that you don't want to push it back too far because you want your aid to disperse on time. Right, right. So what's what's the maybe the wildest verification story that 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 maybe you've encountered um, <laughs> that that but was able to come to a um, you know celebratory solution if that makes sense? Absolutely, yeah. So my my favorite verification story. Well, my favorite stories are always when we double check someone's information and it turns out that they get more money. Um, ah, so nice. that's my favorite kind of story, <laughs> right? Uh, but my my favorite verification story was this um, this mom who filled out a FAFSA for two students who were different years, but they were both um, coming to our school. And I'm not sure what happened exactly, but she combined two people on one FAFSA. So it was very hard to verify because every student needs their own FAFSA. So it was, mm -hmm. okay, whose information is this? Whose is this? Do we need to start over? Do we need to? And she was, uh, you know, the mom was understandably uh, stressed out because this was confusing. Uh, sure. But, you know, we were able to work with her and, and get that sorted out. And of course, if we ever do have those situations that are a little more extreme, uh, we always will work with the family or, like I said, give them a little more time to you know, respond without having to be stressed out about getting the info. Gotcha. So I'm curious and, you know, maybe I'm going down the wrong, you know, rabbit hole with this one, but I'm thinking with the pandemic and everything being virtual, um, I guess DocuSign and email and things like that probably became, you know, more important in regard to verification and just getting everything in. Would I be kind of walking down the right lane with that one? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So verification, because we're dealing with uh, personal identifying information, you know, stuff that we don't want anybody to be able to grab a hold of. We exactly. have very specific ways of how we can accept verification. And before the pandemic, it used to be that you would just, you know, take your papers and walk over to the financial aid office right. and they, you know, would take your paperwork and that's sure. done. Um, but with the pandemic, a lot of students were thousands of miles from their campus. Uh, so one thing we did for my office is we really beefed up our upload tool. So we can't accept certain things in my office by email, just again, to be sure that everything is protected and more so to be sure that people are not submitting things and not realizing that, you know, it's view viewable to a lot of folks. Uh, so for our office, we have a secure upload tool and a lot of schools did that uh, as well. They made tools available that folks could submit images or, um, you know, virtual data uh, to satisfy the verification requests. Occasionally, there are verification requests that need the wet signature, so the actual pen signature of the student or a parent or, you know, fill in the blank here. Uh, sure. Those are not very common, but if ever a student is selected for that kind of verification, they'll know right away. And uh, if the school has any measures in place for COVID, they will make sure the student has extra ways to be able to get it into the school. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so no... No kind of, you know, it, it's doable. You just got have to kind of follow the right guidelines, make sure you use mm -hmm. the proper channels. Gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. So 
And I believe you do a lot of training, you know, kind of, you know, in terms of financial literacy and things like that. Um, I guess, how do you just kind of get, you know, students, I guess, ready for, you know, this next big step, which is financial aid and just, you know, flat out trying to have a complete plan of how they're going to, you know, pay for college? Yeah, the, the plan is the important part, right? Because you don't necessarily need to have the answers in place from day one. You just kind of need to know how you're going to get there. Uh, So for my position as an outreach coordinator, I do different kind of outreach. Uh, I might be talking to parents about how to fill out the FAFSA or students about how to uh, plan or or budget or use a credit card or things like that. Um, But the most important thing when it comes to verification and planning is expect that you're going to get selected even if you never do. And what I mean by that is have some of your information ready or at least know where it is. So you might not know at this moment, you know, where your tax information is, but you know how to access it or you know what filing cabinet it's in or or something like that. Um, What a lot of folks do, and I think this is a great idea, is get a folder, an actual uh, hard copy folder. So not on a computer, but one that you can actually hold that you keep copies of things in and keep plans in. Uh, So you can keep your, you know, login information for your FAFSA, but you can also keep your your plan for what loan you're going to take out and where, again, maybe notes about where you did keep your um, tax information if you need that for verification. Um, I would also recommend that everyone locate their social security card because sometimes schools ask for that as part of verification. Uh, don't submit anything that a school doesn't ask for. So even if you have all this stuff ready, if they don't ask for it, don't send it. Um, But again, it's good to have all of it ready and in a safe place, a lockbox, something like that. Um, And the other part of financial literacy is we, I've noticed, you know, I've been doing this for about eight years. Um, I've noticed how intelligent students are and how much they already know about financial literacy, even compared to, you know, eight years ago. Uh, There are, of course, students who still come in and have no idea even what the FAFSA is or where to start. But I've also had students come in who say, all right, how does this loan look versus this loan with this interest rate? And I'm in verification, but I submitted this document on this date. And you're like, whoa, you're way ahead of yourself. You know, slow down. Um, (laughs) And so that's the thing. Sometimes financial literacy is not so much uh, showing them how to plan as giving you know, folks aid sources that they can use and, and, you know, building that, uh, that free money aid source pool uh, to use, because a lot of the times with, again, with financial literacy, uh, it's not a matter of knowing how to use the funds. It's these folks know, these kids know what they're doing. Uh, they're ready to go. They just want to know where to get that extra money, because that's the kind of the hard part. So, of course, verification and having all that ready is good because it saves the money you have. So it protects the money you have on the FAFSA. Um, And then, of course, we would always recommend, in addition to having this verification folder, uh, maybe make a list in there of all the scholarships that you're applying for. Mm -hmm. So you have all this ready and then you plan to apply for five scholarships at the beginning of the year. So it can be part of your whole planning, getting ready for school thing. Uh, So it's, it's really a... Uh, it's a complicated thing, verification, but it doesn't have to be. And when you're ready, it can be a two-day thing. So, hey, you got a message from your school that says, please submit your information. You submitted it because you had it ready and it's done. 
you know, that kind of thing. Right. So I, I think the work that you're doing is great. I've worked with career colleges um, and traditional schools. And in my experience, you know, one of the big, you know, I guess, obstacles or, or, or blocks for people going to further their education is they don't think they can afford college. Um, and sometimes they're wrong. You know, they just don't know. But that concern or that fear just kind of, you know, stops them from taking that next step. I'm curious in your experience, you know, what are maybe the one or two biggest challenges that you've kind of run into um, as you've tried to, you know, kind of bring people financial literacy? Right. Uh, that The one thing that we get a lot is frustration. So students are frustrated, so they don't necessarily want to take that next step. So, as I said, they've already educated themselves. They know about the loans and the programs, so they want to know how to find extra scholarships. They want to know how to plan for loan deferment um, and how to get ready for verification in case it, you know, in case they get selected to protect the aid that they have. Um, and when it comes to financial literacy, uh, again, the big thing is finding some of the aid sources. I always say, you know, for our office, we don't make any more money if you have a mountain of debt versus no debt. So we prefer that students have no debt. Uh, So a couple things we do like to highlight in the scholarship search is, you know, treat it like a job. It's it's an hour a week job you have from now until you graduate school. Um, And, you know, there's the uh, scholarship search engines that everybody's heard of. There's fastweb.com, there's collegeboard.org. Those are awesome. Uh, would definitely recommend that folks use those. But there are also smaller search engines and smaller websites for folks to look for scholarships. Um, always check with your school, but also check with your employer, check with your community and things like that for, for extra money sources and things, you know, things like that. And then the other side of the financial literacy coin is just sort of, you know, knowing what you don't know. Um, sometimes I'm talking to folks about verification and they, they may have planned very well, but they had never heard of verification. So it's a new thing that they want to add to their planning portfolio. Um, Uh, or they know how to get loans, but they don't know how to repay them. They don't know how to reach out to their loan servicer or something like that. Uh, so whenever we have a student who is anywhere on the spectrum of, I have no idea about finances, I don't know where to start to, hey, they could probably teach me some stuff about (laughs) finances. We would always recommend when in doubt, go to either the Financial Literacy Center if your school has one or the Office of Student Aid and just say, hey, I don't know what I don't know. Uh, What can you help me? Here's my plan. Here's my aid package. Here's what I think I'm doing next year. Does this sound good? Uh, Does this sound like what I want to be doing? And and we can always in aid offices, we can help students and families and high school liaisons and anybody who has questions plan through that. Um, and the same goes for verification. You know, if students get a verification request and they look at it and it looks like it's um, in Wingdings font and it makes no sense and it, it you know, what is this? Um, when in doubt, just call the financial aid office and we'll always walk you through whatever um, you need because we want to be sure that you get your money. Again, I said my favorite verification stories are when the people get surprise extra money. <laughs> so absolutely. You know, when in doubt, let us help. Sure. So the question we always ask on the higher ed podcast is, you know, what's your vision of higher ed 2.0? Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if you've given any thought to that. If you have, definitely, I, I love to hear you expound on it. But for you, I was going to kind of twist it a little bit and say, you know, outside of, you know, college being completely free, 
you know, mm-hmm. what would be your, you know, vision for, you know, financial literacy 2.0, you know, maybe five, 10 years down the road? What does that look like? You got to right. take your pick or combine both of those if you'd like. No, that's great. And when I started in higher ed, I started kind of on the other end of scholarships. I worked for the Office of Development. So I went from building up the scholarship pools to trying to give the money back out again. Uh, So what I would like to see is, of of course, that utopia of free education. Um, But what I would more possibly realistically in the short term like to see uh, is is schools, high schools and colleges making it easier for students to get free financial literacy courses or free basic education courses. And I don't mean necessarily a whole semester or a whole right. school year, but hey, maybe one month out of the year, four classes, I go and learn how to use a credit card or how to use mm. my uh, college credit card. You know, Penn State has uh, Lion Cash. Other schools have other sorts of cash that they use. You can learn how to use that uh, and that sort of thing. And of course, with financial aid and financial literacy, one hope that my office has is that we start meeting students earlier, right? So we hear a lot of questions from high school juniors and seniors who want to know, okay, I'm about to start college. What do I do? Uh, what we, who we really want to hear from uh, are the freshmen in high school or maybe, you know, even earlier than that, so that when it comes to that junior or senior year, they say, oh, yeah, I'm already an expert. I know how to fill out the FAFSA. I know all of these, you know, all of these details about loans and things like that. Um, And of course, I always want to teach people how to search for scholarships. So the more free money you have, the happier I am. So that's my other my other dream is that anyone who's listening or anyone who's ever heard me uh, give any of these speeches, you know, shows up and says, oh, well, I don't even need my loans through FAFSA. I'm good to go. So that's that's my I can't think of a better place to end it than right there. I uh, it's funny you brought up credit cards, though, because I remember when I was up uh, up there. Uh, I worked at MBNA and I was uh, I was actually selling the credit card accounts to uh, <laughs> alumni <laughs> across the uh, 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 country, um, you know, and it was the um, but we also we also sold the freshmen, too. Um, but you know, so I, you know, it was years ago though. It was years ago. (laughs) Hey, and credit cards can be wonderful things when you pay them off and you use them the right way. And then if not, they can be very scary, but that's a whole nother, whole nother story. Absolutely. But that, but that's why I think, you know, you kind of putting that into the financial literacy uh, point could be huge because if you do it correctly, um, it could work wonders for you. So no, I love hearing that. I think that's a great insight. Um, uh, do you want to give us any Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook on where our listeners could find you? Uh, absolutely. So if you want to find any information through Penn State about our outreach program or linking up with any of our events, uh, we have social media. So you can go to our social media pages through studentaid.psu.edu. If you want to look for me, I am on LinkedIn, uh, so you can send me any questions through there. I'm I'm happy to help. And one thing I want to leave everybody with is, uh, I know I'm tired of checking my email, but uh, with federal aid, that is one of the ways that the government has said, yes, it's okay to communicate with students this way. So although I may want to text a student or call a student, sometimes I have to reach out to them either through their their 
university email or if they're not in university yet, their preferred email address. Uh, so that's my way of saying, please check your email. If you're a student or a parent of a student or someone who's helping a student, make it a habit of checking your email daily because if you miss a verification request or you miss an important financial aid email, you might miss you know, having a couple thousand extra dollars in free money on your account. And we definitely don't want that. Uh, that doesn't happen often, but I have seen it happen. So uh, be sure to check that email. Uh, I appreciate you um, adding that too. Uh, I think I missed that. And I was trying to work that in, but I, I think I didn't maybe do the best job of working it in. So good save. <laughs> <laughs> not a problem. Not a problem. Yeah, that's always my my selling point at the end. So I'm always going to drive home that email. Absolutely. Well, listen, this was great. Really uh, appreciate you making some time for us. Um, probably would love to um, maybe uh, cover those other two topics that you sent somewhere down the line. So we'll go back and forth and um, see what your schedule is. But maybe sometime around the new year, maybe January or February would be great. Um, mm -hmm. But other than that, stay safe and have a great week. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. And yeah, please feel free to reach out to me whenever. All right. Awesome. All right. Later. for listening to the Higher Ed Podcast. This episode was brought to you in part by Engine Systems and Chief Digital Marketers. For more information on topics discussed, you can visit engine.systems or chiefdigitalmarketers.com. Join us next week and every week after for more innovative and actionable advice.